All right, guys. Hey, welcome back to another week of Roll Film. We have a very special guest again this week, a very old friend of both John and I's, and his name is Jeff. Chef Jeff Williams. <laughs> he's an old friend who somehow still looks like he's 18. <laughs> yeah, we had to card him before he started recording this That's podcast right. because he just didn't look that old. I am so, <laughs> Jeff, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, if you want to tell a little story about how you know all of us and what you're doing, and then afterwards I'll get to the explanation, the synopsis, and the numbers of this movie. Mm, that's good. Well, so yes, I am Jeff Williams, like he said. He wasn't lying. Oh, um, hell yeah. I'm 32, not 18. I met Greg in middle school as an enemy. I was in fifth grade, he was in sixth grade, and out on recess, we would have basketball wars which was basically all the fifth graders hurling basketballs of the sixth graders and vice versa, mortal enemies at that time. <laughs> Until I started working at the factory and then we became the best of friends. And John Cormany, I've heard the name. I'm still not sure who he is yet. Yeah, you got a notice about me in the mail. <laughs> like I have to go door to door and tell everyone I'm moving in the neighborhood. <laughs> not we met John through Craigslist. Yeah. For a funny sketch video. And it was just love at first sight. Aww. Yeah, I will will say that John performed my very first act of catfishing. I was very clear <laughs> that this is me in costume. This is not how old I am. I mean, it's how old I am almost now. But yeah, almost <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I, we were they, the posting for... wanted an old creepy looking dude. And I said, hey, this is my Halloween costume. I kind of comb over and all that stuff. And you know what? Catfishing <laughs> got me some friends. So here we are. <laughs> So far, lifelong friends. That's right. What was he wearing? He was just wearing, if I remember right, it was a sweater vest with a with a button up underneath. No, it was it. it was a weird '80s polo that had weird patterns on it, and then it had I had a members only jacket on. You must have catfished that club for that members only jacket That's too. That's right, I did. <laughs> so, what movie are we doing today, Greg? <laughs> oh my gosh, guys! Look, here's the here's the best part about this movie that we're doing. Last week that you saw that we did Mystery Team, who that movie was done by a phenomenal sketch group on YouTube known as Derek Comedy. This week we are doing a movie that was done by another phenomenal sketch group. John, please help me out. They were obviously on IFC. Did they start off at some other place? I think they started at Fuse, that weird music channel. From the early 2000s, I, I think. I don't know for a fact. But yeah. yeah, IFC bought them and it was actually really good because they had way less rules than Fuse did. And I think Whitest Kids You Know were able to really go crazy then. Oh, you bitch. You spoiled it. I didn't say Whitest Kids You Know yet. It's the <laughs> Whitest Kids You Know. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, they know what, who it is. The movie is like on our thumbnail for this. Well, if, if nobody knows who Whitest Kids You Know are, Mindy didn't know who Whitest Kids You Know were. This movie, Miss March, was released in 2009. It is rated R and it has a runtime of an hour and 30 minutes. Like John said, it is done by the famous sketch comedy group, Whitest Kids You Know. And we'll take another second, like we do in so many of our podcasts, to do a moment of silence for T Trevor Moore, who did pass away a couple of years ago in a tragic accident. So we'll do that right now. And there we go. Yes, like I said, it does star a lot of wise kids you know. You also get Craig Robinson, Cedric Yarbrook, 
Yardborough. I apologize. Sorry. The man, the myth, the legend, Hugh Hefner, is also in this movie. Eugene believes in no sex before marriage. So did his girlfriend, Cindy. His BFF loves sex. At senior prom, just before sex with Cindy, he falls into a coma, waking up four years later. His Cindy is Miss March in Playboy. Can he get her back? What I think was really funny about this, because I don't know which version you guys... Did you guys just watch the HBO version? Correct. I did. Yeah. Just to let you guys know, because I I started on HBO, and then I watched the DVD, and then I went to the unrated version. All of the versions have the edited out part of their sex seminar talk where she says crackhead, but she clearly says another word. Yes, Um, I I noticed that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, look, she says retarded. They buff it out to push it over to crackhead because for some reason, crackhead is more PC than retarded. But (laughs) Who am I to know? I'm not the PC police. What I thought was really cool, too, which I didn't know until today, Robert Wagner was actually originally casted and he shot tons of scenes as Hugh Hefner's character. And when Hugh Hefner agreed to be in the movie, they they scrapped and reshot all of Robert Wagner's scenes. Now, for people that don't know who Robert Wagner is, he was number two in Austin Powers. He was also married to Natalie Wood, and she died under mysterious circumstances. So, uh, yeah, that Nat- and so with uh, Natalie and uh, oh shoot, James Woods and Willem Dafoe was all on that boat. Did you have you heard that story? No. Oh, dude, it's a great like murder mystery thing. Like it's fucking nuts. But I thought Christopher um, Walken was on the boat too. Oh, I'm sorry. I did mean Chris Walken. I, I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't mean Willem Dafoe. I meant Chris Walken. Yes, um, Willem Dafoe. I'll get but you, But speaking Peter. of, like, weird, and I'm, I'm sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but weird conspiracies and everything. It's crazy. This movie, obviously, it came out in 2009, like we said, but what we know now, within the last year or two, as far as documentaries go, Hugh Hefner, if he didn't die when he died, he was going to get canceled because of all of the dark and ridiculous toxicity that was the Playboy Mansion. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up the Playboy murders and it will open up your mind to show how ridiculously disgusting the Playboy enterprise actually is. It's not really a shocker to hear that a porno magazine wasn't the safest environment. It's a footprint in our history. Oh yeah, definitely. So to, to think of that, but anyway, I'm sorry, I'm done talking. I need to water my, my, my mouth. So Jeff, <laughs> I know that, you, I know that you've seen this movie before. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, you and I saw this movie together for the first time. Yeah. And I want to say it was probably when you were living in your parents' basement. I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive too. But so have you seen this movie <laughs> since before that first time? No, it was just that one time. So a lot of it was like felt brand new. Oh, that's hilarious. So Jeff, go ahead, walk us through what you felt about the movie and what you liked and X, Y, Z, right? Of course. Well, what I like is that there's no real lessons here. It's just ridiculous comedy. And what I thought after watching it was like, man, this is truly a movie of the unexpected. I mean, there's lots of comedy movies where lots of crazy stuff happens, but 
I think this movie honestly takes the cake as far as things happen that you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And some other funny points was that seminar about like the all the venereal diseases they're telling about the kids and the story of his brother that all this terrible stuff happened to is apparently within the context of this story, a true thing. Because a few scenes later, Miss March references, you know, like that's not going to happen like it did your brother. So it's not like they made up this story at the seminar in this story. That was something that apparently actually happened with, you know, how insane it was. Yeah, the whole thing really just, I think we said this about last week's episode too. It just feels like a really long improv game. Like, all right, how about this abstinence only guy is about to bang? Oh, but he falls down the stairs. He wakes up in a coma. How does he wake up? Oh, a bat hits him in the head. You know, and it just keeps going and going and going. It's so zany. I think zany is the bat, the best, the best word for it. Uh, I think that the best. The best. <laughs> Like, I, I think when Jeff said there's no real lesson, it it's true. It's no one's <laughs> like a better person at the end. Trevor's or T sorry, Tucker's Trevor as in the actor, Tucker as the I, I think his character, obviously, he, he gets his girl, quote unquote, but it's not for being a better person. It's just for being like, I accept you <laughs> like his line. <laughs> See, that's dumb. Like, I, I laughed really hard at that. Or see, that's stupid. He said stupid. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I know Hollywood gets a lot of crap for the age of people they try to make look like high schoolers, but this one was one of the most egregious. <laughs> the girls are like, that's a 30-year-old at best. And then, you know, <laughs> Tucker and uh, uh, what was the other main character? I don't know Zach is the actor, but he's there's like, you guys are clearly in your 30s. It, it's just funny because it's Eugene, like... Eugene, John. Eugene. Eugene. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. What a memorable name. It's okay. I yeah. forgot too. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this kid finds a Playboy when he's younger. Better give him Hawaiian shirts unbuttoned. That's what they wear now after reading Playboy. <laughs> like the costume choices are super silly. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's a road trip movie too, which we talked about a lot in here. You don't watch this movie to to learn something. You don't watch this movie to see like highbrow, amazing dialogue. You watch this movie just to see what will happen next. It's kind of like Sex Drive before Sex Drive was out. Yeah, it's similar. Was this yeah, out before absolutely. or after? I literally gave that look because I don't know. So um, I need you, Greg. Oh, Sex Drive was released one year before. Miss March is a copycat. It's, uh, not, it's not identical. Little, it's not identical. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's being catfished online uh, about a girl whom whoever he's never met versus a guy who's trying to track down his high school sweetheart the movie it, it has substance but to the point of where it's just napoleon dynamite with an actual storyline just a dumb movie with an actual goal and story and characters with character growth where napoleon dynamite was none of that yeah i agree i mean this movie on imdb is a five out of ten but that is out of almost twenty-two thousand people I don't agree with that rating, but I, I think it's close at the same time. Obviously, we'll get to that a little bit later, but I don't know. It was, it's a fun movie, and especially, you know, when we all saw it when it first came out, we were all doing sketch comedy again with the video last week with Mystery Team. Like, we were all doing sketch comedy. We were writing. We were directing. We were doing all that stuff, and that was the the goal, and I know we talked about this last week, too, to do a movie, and 
to watch a group like this do a movie the way they did. And, and I mean, obviously the whitest kids, you know, had a little bit more production value of this. And, Oh my goodness. Speaking of that, I'm slacking. (laughs) So the budget for this movie, I apologize, Jeff. I'm so sorry. (laughs) He almost Uh, left. He was about to leave. So (laughs) the, (laughs) the, the estimated budget for this movie was $6 million. Wow. So we know that from last week, this was $5 million more than, than mystery team opening weekend. It only did 2.4 million and worldwide it's grossed only 4.6 million dollars. So it's not made its money back. Not surprising. I mean, I don't even think it was really in theaters. Not for long. Yeah. I mean, John, I don't, I have no idea. I don't, I saw one trailer for it and I was like, Oh, why does kids, you know, sweet. Felt like it was available to rent very soon after. Yeah, Straight I, the laser disc. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, the directors, of course, are Zach Kreger and Trevor Moore. So Eugene and Tucker. Future um, Barbarian director. And that's what I was going to say. Eugene also, or Zach Kreger, sorry, also directed another movie that we did earlier in our podcast. Would have been back in October. Yeah. We've came a long way to Barbarian. Great dude. That was a solid movie. Movie's awesome. Jeff, if you've not seen Barbarian. I did, and it was fantastic. Yeah. There you go. Look at yeah, you. Obviously, he watched it because of our recommendation. That's but... right. He said, I just heard these <laughs> three nerds talk about it. And I was like, oh, I know those nerds. <laughs> what was really memorable about this movie? I mean, you watched it in Greg's basement, so you were obviously drugged. And brought there against <laughs> your will. So this time you actually Heavily. had to watch it. Heavily. Remember Chains? And... <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember Chains? It's because uh, Dokken breaking the chains was on in the background, just on loop. So <laughs> oh my was. god! <laughs> then you had the cat chainmail. You had there. Cat oh yeah, I would have had that little cat. Well, yeah, I found a cat, and he was a calico cat. His design was so cool on his fur. I named him. I nicknamed him Chainmail. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought you had really nerded out and made a cat its own chainmail. No, not I'm not that skilled, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> Answer the guy's question, <laughs> you fuck. Of me not being able to remember it very well? <laughs> As someone who did sketch comedy and never got the chance to like make a movie, was there something you're like, oh man, that was inspirational, or I wish I could have done something like that, or that was silly, or what are your thoughts? Tell me all your thoughts. You can tell that they kind of were able to do whatever that they wanted to do. I don't know if they had full creative leeway, but it seems like a lot of the stuff they filmed was like, there wasn't someone telling us, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> it's going to be too crazy. It seems like they were able to be expressive enough to do basically anything they wanted to do. There's nothing like hidden in this movie, like for as far as crazy things you could show. It did feel like they got free reign. I think this was, I don't know if this was at the peak of Whitest Kids You Know or not. It was definitely, you know, people knew about them. You don't get a $6 million movie if no one knows you. I mean, Craig Robinson, he was probably still just a guest star on The Office at this point. I don't think he was a regular. Uh, No, he would have been, because if this movie would have came out in 2009, Ellie Kemper had just joined The Office. Oh, then he would have been. Craig Robinson would have already been a regular. A, yeah. A, yeah. But I think it's really cool too. What do you think this movie would have been like? Because 
Playboy had no involvement with the film until Hugh Hefner was invited to watch an unfinished cut of the movie with Zach Krager and Trevor Moore, which then again would have been original scenes with Robert Wagner. So what was the movie? It would have had to have taken a different turn, you think, right? Or were they still doing it under the false pretenses of a quote-unquote Playboy magazine? Maybe that is actually, now that I'm thinking about it and talking about it, first magazine that Tucker picks up at the gas station and it's like booties, yes. booties whatever. Maybe it has butt gals. <laughs> butt yeah. gals, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was kind of like a little homage to the original cut of the movie. But, you know, what What would this movie have been if it wasn't for the Playboy tie? It'd probably lose a little bit of its luster, you know? Like, miss when you hear like the Miss whatever, that's clearly Playboy. Like, I'm not trying to say it would have lost its enjoyability, but it definitely gives it a sense of more credibility to actually have the Playboy moniker and Hugh Hefner in there. I don't know what sold Mr. Hefner. I don't know if maybe they blackmailed him with some of the secrets that later came out. I don't know what Hugh saw in the unfinished cut. Like, all right, I'm in. Like, <laughs> I can't <laughs> I, see anything that would convince me. I mean, <laughs> knowing what I know about Playboy and Hugh Hefner, he was a huge, huge cinephile. And he had such an affinity for films in general like you know the playboy mansion they host a movie night every single every week non-stop so like i just imagine that there was a loosely based story arc that involved multi-philanthropist uh you know like so i figured he it probably was like oh you know that's probably not a bad idea for me right so like why wouldn't <laughs> he do it <laughs> the impersonator <laughs> oh that's good one of the things this movie did really well is the characters, obviously, and the way they portrayed firemen. Like, no <laughs> one's really thought about firemen as these crazy killing machines. And I just liked how it's just immediately accepted, like, oh, yeah, dude, firemen are crazy. Like, the world building, <laughs> the Miss March universe, I, I want to live in that universe. Funny to really think. So, I mean, like... They did not necessarily sexualize, but like the firemen to be these mindless <laughs> automatons almost where it's just like you, you diss a fireman's sister. It's a fucking motorcycle gang at this point. I thought that was a really great scene. And I loved the throwing of the, the axes and the tomahawk. Like 50 feet. <laughs> Dude, he chucked it. Well, I love too. He put that little axe in his mouth and then jumped on the hood of the car. Oh, like, yeah. It was well, all good. And all for Candace, you know, and yeah. like, we haven't talked about Candace yet. We talked about she Craig was a Robinson great character. Candace was awesome. She was really good. Yeah. I almost thought, like, is that Caitlin Olsen? Like, because like, they do look very, very similar. Obviously, it's not. Uh, Candace was played by Molly Stanton, whom I'm not really sure. I, I don't know her from anything. You know, she was in Major Crimes, Passions, Twins. Mm -hmm. Jeff, as our guest, what did you think of its portrayal of epilepsy, and what was your favorite scene? <laughs> they didn't give you a really good show of the epilepsy, except like you can see, she's given uh, a, a B job. <laughs> but yeah, they show he turns on the lights or whatever, and she starts kind of going crazy a little bit. <laughs> clearly a fake person too, when she's like holding on, like <laughs> it's clearly fake. I love it. The, my favorite scene has to be the chick flying out of the RV window. So insane. This, you'd never, ever see this coming. 
Yes, that was really well done. He's just about to walk over there and then just bounce, and then she just folds and flies out. I remember so much. That's why I asked you if you still lost it at that scene, because when we watched it for the first time, we laughed our asses off at that scene where we replayed it at least three times because like we just laughed so hard all the way through it. Classic, great, not, you can kind of see it coming from a mile away, but it's still unexpected. The the bounce is so good too. Like she just bounces up and then boop. Right out the window. <laughs> I believe out. it. And and it, with, with that being your favorite scene, like, do you think that it was a missed opportunity that they didn't have a revenge sequel? That should have been part of it because they do also show her in the end of the movie, like she comes out of a coma at the hospital or something. Yeah, with the bat trick. They do yeah. the bat trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hits her like twice. And then on the third one, she just catches it. <laughs> Dude, that was so fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was um, great. John, what about you, buddy? What was your favorite scene? So I love the character of Horstick Dot Impeg. Dot Impeg, yeah. Very weird addition to a road trip movie that this, <laughs> you know, recent graduate, I guess it's four years, so he's not a recent anymore, is like really good friends with a rapper. <laughs> like and But uh, I also love that he was supposed to be a high schooler going to prom. Like yeah, he was a senior yeah. in high school. Super but senior. I also didn't realize that they let freshmen go to prom yeah that was great (laughs) that was really good and i think i love when they go to his music video shoot and the lyrics are suck my dick while i fuck that ass (laughs) and and eugene's like that's not even possible like like just because the lyrics don't even make sense yeah of course they do of course they do yeah I thought that whole, and then he's just like doing all the rap movie or rap video tropes where he's like just spraying champagne on all of them, going crazy. That character was a very good wild card in a very wild movie, and he really stood <laughs> out and he he crushed it. So definitely the horse dick dot mpeg music video. Greg, what is your favorite scene? To me, the we talked about it. It's when she starts having an epileptic episode, and he just starts stabbing her face with that fork. <laughs> it it was so hilarious, and yes, obviously it's a fake body that he's like scuttling around with while it's hinged onto his uh, his wiener. Like it's so funny, and wouldn't she be having an epileptic episode with all of the, the fire trucks around the the cherries on top going around? No, because she grew up with them and was able to be conditioned. That's a missed opportunity. She should have went berserk during that. <laughs> yeah, berserker. <They> just... <laughs> Jeff, out of ten, what would you rate this movie? I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Nice, Johnny Boy. I gotta agree with Jeff. It's not like the worst comedy ever. It's also kind of just silly. And like we talk 10 out of 10 on the silliness scale, as we have talked yeah. about here many times. It's a six. It's fun. Definitely worth the watch. I know we've talked about really good rated R comedies that don't get the praise they deserve. This probably gets it. This is probably <laughs> accurate, the praise this movie gets. But yeah, solid six. Greg. Yeah. I agree completely. And to expand on what you're talking about real quick. Yes, we do talk about rated R comedies and what they do, but this movie was just so zany, like you said, like, and really an 11 out of 10 on the silliness scale. There was just so much with with continuity errors, and I agree with you guys, and we're going to make this one devil 
of a review because we got six, six, six out of oh, ten going on. Oh my god, it's the end times. Miss March brought upon the end times. How dare it? That is great. And so, Jeff, just let us know when you're ready to film a movie and we'll get six million dollars and make one. Is that like a, a lot of money for kind of unknown rated R comedies? Because I know that you've also watched Mystery Team. They had an estimated budget of $1 million, and that movie is infinitely better, I think. Um, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've reviewed a lot of rated R comedies a lot on this show. They range anywhere between like low tens to teens of millions all the way up until like almost 30 million. Yeah. So I guess it just depends on who you cast for the movie in the production house, of course, but yeah, it's low. It's definitely low, but you can tell because there's really nobody in the movie. There was mm -hmm. a quick cameo of Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah, um, I saw that at the at the music video shoot. Yeah. But besides Craig Robinson and Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Girls, there really wasn't any big cameos in the movie. Too bad there won't be another whitest kid you know movie complete. I guess this only had really two members, but hey, what are you going to do? From all of us here at Roll Film, we hope that you roll away from the Playboy Mansion and film yourself flipping off Hugh Hefner's grave. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff, for coming out. That was a out. really good one. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, too. Thanks, Jeff, for coming out, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah.